Yo, yo, yo. What it do? What's up, y'all? What's going on? Y'all already know what it is. It's Equip the Podcast. Ivan here. And your boy Thomas. Got my boy Chop. We're here for another episode. And you already know the saying, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Yes, indeedy. I hope you guys are having a good morning, even night, day, you know, whenever you're deciding to listen or to watch us today. Hope you guys are ready for a good episode because we have a, a good one. You know, nice what I mean? thing for y'all. Um, so I guess, honestly, if we just gonna get right into it, we can just get right into it because I just want to put out some some numbers real quick before we even get started because um, cause I, I already know this is a hot topic. Obviously, if you know the title, you see it's a hot topic. And, you know, all of Christian YouTube's already addressed this a lot and things like that. Some still talking about it and things of that nature. Um, Like, I'm not going to address – we're not going to address just only this, but we're going to talk about also, like, the bigger picture, I feel like, or the bigger scope when it comes to, you know, more into the conversation. So it's not like – I just want to talk all about it. Like, I feel like Hillsong's kind of been talking to the ground at this point or what's been going on in Carlin and stuff like that. But I feel like – with the documentary, us going into it, it's really going to point out a bigger picture. You know, we're going to get deeper into it, but you know, so you know, we keep it real and stuff like that too. But you know, um, if we're just going to bring up, let's bring up the, the podcast. I mean, not the podcast, the series on Hulu, um, with the uh Carl Lynch because they already had, I believe, uh, Hillsong documentary before, um, um, Carl Lynch talking stuff like that now. It's like Carl Lentz. They're explaining more about Brian Houston and his dad's situation than Carl Lentz is actually still talking his side and things like that. Yep. So, um, and Chop, you got a chance to watch the whole thing, right? Yeah, man. So, I, I not the whole thing, but I watched some really key points and, like, most of it. And I just – I was like <laughs> – yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least, bro. Very interesting, man. And of course, you know, you you see dynamics of it. Um, <laughs> you see the you see the. So it's funny, like when you watch it, you see like, oh, okay, I see where they could fall here. You know, you, you know, you kind of see good, you know, both sides. You kind of see the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and and you know, and um, because that's that's everywhere, right? But I see where the the major flaws kind of took off. And where they ran with it, and I was like, okay. Then you can then from there, it just makes sense from everything, you know, from the top down. When I saw, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, it's, it's it was interesting, man. It's, you know what? You know what? Too this actually very it's it's very entertaining too. Like the way that they did it, they, the way that they um they edited that joint. It was, oh no, no, it was a one for sure. Editing everything, it was a one yeah. quality mm-hmm. production things like yep. that. So before you watched anything, what did you think it was going to be like? Hmm. Like, like when you first initially heard it, what do you thought it was going to be like? We heard like Carl Lentz is going to be talking about it, stuff like that. What did you initially think it was going to be? Like, so I, I thought that it was going to be a thing where, so, so, um, you know, we, you know, sometimes we see leaders when they when they get into trouble, a lot of times they will, you know, they just quick to pass the blame off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and they're like, you know, like uh, they'll apologize or something. Like, but then it's like, well, you know, X, Y, Z. And then especially in our community, you know, like I, like one particular one I think about is uh, that pastor. Um, uh, is, a, is, a, is a, I can't remember his name. His his wife's name. Oh, uh, Gray, Pastor Gray. Oh, and John Gray. John Gray, right? And I oh, think about him. And I think about. Uh, I remember watching um, that uh, the video when when he was apologizing to his, his congregation. His wife mm-hmm. was up there talking, and she was like, "You know, and all these devils in there trying to get in my marriage and all that, and bop bop bop." And you know, and it was like she kind of took the onus off of John. 
Right. And John was like, man, she had, she shielded me and all that. And, and I was like, that's the problem right there. Because he was exactly. like, she protected me and, you know, and, and um you know, and all these things. And she, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. And so, so you kind of see that where sometimes a wife to kind of avoid maybe embarrassment or maybe hurt. She will be, she would, you know, they blame people and it, and it makes sense. It's like, yo, if, we're, if, you know, it's hard to, to stand up and, um and, and do that, but it's easy to pass blame. So honestly, I thought Carl was going to be like, yeah, you know, I was a monster. They made me into this and da 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 da. He kind of did a little bit, but he took more ownership than what I thought. So that was, yeah. I thought that was that was big. What about uh, you? Yeah. So when I before I watched anything, my initial reaction what I thought was going to be honestly, I thought it was I was kind of leery because I'm like, I hope he's not going to use this as a as a tool to just like pass blame off. Yeah, or to try to or to try to make him look like he was a, like a complete victim and stuff right, like that. Right, right. And then also. My first initial reaction was just like, okay, this is going to be another documentary to take us because of one global church leadership with horrible leadership from going top all the way down to bottom. This is going to be another jab at Christianity. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay, so that's what I initially was thinking, both of those things. I'm like, this is going to be another um, jab at Christianity, of course. I, was, I already knew it was going to be in situation. And I was like, plus, this is just going to be sad. So, like, so when you, I guess, like, what was your initial thoughts overall, like about it? Like, what was your initial thoughts overall? Like after I watched it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, just to kind of, because I want to kind of touch back on the, the previous question before I go forward, right? I actually had this idea. Like, I was thinking, I was like, man, I hope this isn't a PR stunt, right? To, you know, to kind of like, 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 you know, the track where we was going, you know, the track where we were going, right? Uh, to say, you know, to pass off blame, but also to be a to, to set him up for the future, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if you if, if you look at the documentary. If you go on, like, I think on Hulu, I think, I think he's on the cover of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like, okay, like, it's, I, it's almost, it's weird because they're, they're, they're critiquing Hillsong, but it also seems as though Carl, it's, it's like, it's like, why is his face on it? Though? I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the talk of the town, whatever. But like, it's, it's something that seems as like they're trying to make a PR move around him to set him up for a better, you know what I'm saying? To set up, that's what it's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, initially, you gotta think about it too, bro. Like, mm-hmm. they have to do something to get people to watch it. I mean, again. right, right. You know what I'm saying because there already was a documentary on it before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, if they just put out just Hillsong with just Hillsong, yeah, nobody's gonna be like, like they're gonna be like again. But now you got Carl Lentz. You see Carl Lentz, like, oh shoot, is he gonna tell this side? People are gonna yeah. want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's easy marketing, easy advertising. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm serious. It's smart. you know what i'm saying so it's smart. Yeah. It's the, yeah i i just i just hope that is it's not i hope that is not taken the wrong way you know what i'm saying especially on this side where he's like you know what this could be a way for me to kind of get back in the good graces with the, the media they could see you know what i'm saying and it's like mm-hmm. i'm trying to like you know and then rebrand or whatever you know what i'm saying like i, I really hope that this is something that's genuine to him and he, you know and and that he would take it to heart and be like you know what I mean, why, you know, I see this documentary out here, and and it, it want, I want to. It motivates me to, you know, to be a better man, to be a better husband, you know, father, Christian, and all that. You know what I'm saying? I just hope that I see that what they do, and it's it's genius. But I just hope that it's not, um, you know, it's for good reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like he he doesn't take it to the, the left. But afterwards, when I saw, I you know, I, when I felt bad for a lot of people there, especially the victims, bro. Like I, like some of the stuff, I was just like, yo, like the spiritual abuse, bro. Like and it's and it's. It's nothing like it, man, because 
you know, as you know, you know, when you deal with people in the world, you know, uh, especially in ministry, right? If people aren't, you know, going through domestic issues or, you know, whatever, violence, drugs, where do people go to? They go to the church. They go to, you know what I'm saying, to seek help. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, you know, and especially in our, in our, in, in leadership, man, because, we see that these people, well, what what's supposed to be is these leaders are supposed to be people who are submitted to Christ and walking with the Lord. And you're like, man, I want to get there one day, right? How do I get there? And then you, you know, you follow them, you know, you do your thing. But when you, but when you are taken advantage of, bro, like it's, it's a, it's, that's a whole new hurt right there. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't imagine coming out. I, I couldn't imagine coming out on the other side of that joint. And I know it's by the grace of God, but especially people who have weak faiths, like I was listening, some people, some dude, I remember one guy was saying, he was like, my son committed suicide. In that and I was like, yo, yeah. I was like, I didn't know it was that deep. You know, I, I was like, wow. And so I, I immediately thought, man, like, yo, when you're in these, in these types of leadership, like in these roles, man, you, you, you almost have the power of life and death almost in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Especially when people look up to you mm-hmm. and you got platforms, bro. It's a scary thing. And so I just bad for the people and i was like man but i also do see that people a lot of the people who who come to these churches they're just attracted by the crowds bro and they're and they're, and they're moved by what they see in a sense they're like oh it's a pastor you know he got the jackets on he got the tight pants and all that and they're like yo church could be fun which it can be but i think that a lot of people i mean just obviously People put their stock and their trust in what they saw and not who God is. And so they built they mm-hmm. built this persona around Carl when it should have been built around Jesus. And so Amen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that thing that's what I saw. But yeah, I was I was I was hurt. I was disappointed. Um and you know, and then I was just I just felt bad for the people, bro. It was it was yeah. yeah. That's I mean to be honest, you know, I I really did enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, just from the standpoint of how messy, how broken it was, how many people's lives it affected and things yeah. like that from that standpoint. Plus, I know they're going to take unnecessary jabs at like the whole global church just because oh, yeah. of one church, of course. So that's annoying to hear that stuff. But like one thing I can say about Litz throughout the whole like, I don't think he's a monster. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, he, like you could tell even now he's beyond affected. You know what I'm saying? I can tell yeah. like, he's really affected. Like he knows he's he will never be able to really earn his wife's trust again. Like mm-hmm. fool, like fool, that's gonna take for like the rest of his life. Yeah. Like, and I can tell he's actually taking that serious. Mm-hmm. And then you know he was even pointing out stuff as far as like in the back of my mind, I'm just knowing this is gonna end badly. Like he knew like in the oh back yeah mind, yeah yep mm-hmm. it's gonna end badly and things like that. And it was just like. I could tell he was like really broke. Like honestly, his wife is really the MVP of this whole situation. Like, because she had every reason to divorce the man. Like honestly, mm-hmm. she would never be. You know what I'm saying? She had every reason to be, and she still stuck by his side. You know, yeah. she's still willing to work it out. And you know, I really give her all the kudos and thank Jesus for yeah. being with her. Like. Thank you to the Holy Spirit for giving her the patience, self-control, all these different things, you know, to help her withstand and still fight for her marriage. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? She had every reason to dip in everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I really give her a lot of, like, kudos for, like, even sticking with it and stuff like that. Because, like I said, I, I wouldn't even be mad at her if she literally said, go get it. I'm like, look, you have every right to, honestly. Mm-hmm. You have 
right to do so with, yeah. for what he did and things like that. And you know, I can honestly say that I feel like he was re- like he really he took ownership of everything. He took ownership yeah. of everything. I know people really gave him gave some flack a little bit because he joined Transformation Church, which I really wish he did. But mm. my thing is like, bro, like he can come back to the church. Like the oh, only yeah. reason in the Bible you get excommunicated is when you don't repent and you're mm. not. So they excommunicate you for that. But if he clearly repents, clearly he knew he was wrong from the jump, like as soon as he mm-hmm. got caught. But he knew he was wrong or whatever. And he, you know, repented immediately and went through the process. Like the man can come to church. You feel me? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wondering what his position was. So I was like, let me find out more of the details. And he's just a strategist. That's literally not a position anywhere in scripture, a strategist. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's not feeling any. He's any, not, he's not in the pool pit and things like that. Like, he's not doing that. So it's like, he understands that he and you can tell he doesn't even strive. He's not even striving for that. Yeah, you know, he's not. That's not something he's even trying to strive for. He's really just trying to make amends with his family. He's trying yeah. to make amends with his wife, you know, and reconcile. And the thing about it is, too, like obviously all actions have consequences to it, but we also have to remember that Christ, Christ already forgave him for his sin. Hey, yeah, amen. And don't remember it no more. Yep. Yes, we yeah, remember. Yeah. His wife is going to remember it for sure, but Jesus already, literally, already forgave him. Like, already forgave him, and that's really I feel like we don't understand how deep the grace of Christ actually is, especially in these moments. Because us humans, and, and I'm and obviously his wife, he like I know she forgave him, but you know, just because you forgive, you're still it's still t- it's a process, but it's for her. Oh, yeah, Not for oh, him, yeah. for her, you know what I'm saying? But all like for humans, like even though even as believers in Christ, we're you know, forgiveness is not an option for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an option whatsoever. Like yep. it's something we have to do, and it's like I think we at times we can forget that. And I know sometimes we want to make like we want to make sure people are being held accountable and things like that. But the part when you start to act like no one can be restored, like mm. come on, bro, like people can yeah. easily be restored. Like oh, literally, I- like literally after he did what he did, confessed, did everything he didn't do, and asked Jesus for forgiveness, he already good in God's eyes. Yep. You feel me? Like he already good in God's eyes. Now, yes, make sure he does he handles his diligence, but you know, so that's what the part, you know, and um, so that's why I initially thought of it. I was just like, this is messy, bro. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, all this other different stuff. But then, but now I want to get to like the next part of the real discussion I really want to talk about. Cause okay. I just want to mention a little bit, but the real part of it is like, cause this is the main thing I really got out of this, honestly, like outside of the hill song and stuff like that. But my thing is. Is the mega church seeker friendly model an issue in the church? Mm. That's what that was, that's what I was gathering in that joint. Mm. That's, Go ahead, it, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. I and I, like I said, there's nothing wrong with mega churches speaking in front of a whole bunch of people and stuff like that. Because even in biblical times, they did that. They spoke in front of thousands of people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the seeker friendly model, which births into a mega church and what that produces, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and if you don't know what seeker friendly model is. It's pretty much the whole goal seeker friendly models is to bring people in to the church. Mm-hmm. Like unchurched people who never knew Jesus before, you're presenting a model to them where it's bring them into the church, they're getting saved, they join a group or something like that, mm-hmm. and then you do the next thing, you repeat the cycle. It is all about just getting people into the church. But watching it, it just proves the point that the seeker friendly model is really not the way to go. I feel like, okay, or let me just say this. It needs to be a balance between 
reaching people of the unchurched for Christ in discipleship, like true discipleship. I'm not talking about the discipleship that is joining a small group. No, that's not mm-hmm. discipleship. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's wrong to join a group, but I'm just saying, are you learning about the faith? Mm-hmm. It's guiding you to learn more about the faith, to actually learn what it is to be a Christian. Learn what why we believe what we believe. You know, actually get to love Jesus mm. instead of the pastor or how cool the pastor is and stuff like that. Because like when you think about it, when you look all through the hillside, like you like it started from the jump. Like when you look at Brian Houston's dad mm-hmm. and covering up his essay or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now he's in trouble for that. And then it started out as a you know Pentecostal preacher, and now once you see a model that's starting to work. It starts to become about the money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Everything about the money, 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 getting money, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Hear the people talk about it's, you know, money's a huge thing. They'll do uh, tithing sermons to try to get people to give more and yeah. stuff like that, manipulating that and things like that. Trying to use catchy slogans and stuff like that, you know. And then you're putting this pastor on a pedestal because over time you will start to replace the Jesus in people's eyes. Mm, yeah. Not whether it's intentionally or ill intentionally, it's always about I'm coming to church, you know, just to see this person, or I'm coming to church yeah. because they have the best music and stuff like that, which they had they won Grammys and everything. Like they've been yeah. doing for years. But the issue is to me is like the secret friendly model is just I mean, if you look at the early churches, and like I said, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, we gotta do exactly what they did. And and because obviously Yes, there's obviously, you know, how we should be run church. That's obviously something we mm-hmm. should be clearly. But I'm talking about the whole far as like, oh, we need to be, yeah, those people are like, we need to be meeting homes and not buildings. And I'm like, <laughs> in homes because Christianity was illegal and they really couldn't. And then once Constantine put the edict of Milan out, mm-hmm. and they were able to, you know, as soon as they could. So it's not that. But it's like, what was the purpose? What did Jesus say in the Great Commission in Matthew 28? Yeah. Go out and make what? Disciples of all nations, man. Baptizing in the name of the Father. And the thing is, is the secret friendly model really building disciples? Mm. You know what? I, I think about when you were talking, man, I remember watching an uh, interview about, it was an interview with Justin Bieber. I think this is this is before Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, he had he, Bieber had a fallout with um with Lynch, with, right? Yeah. yeah. So well, I, I don't remember know if I want to say a fallout because I don't think Carl Lynch was like beefing with him nothing, but Justin yeah. Bieber stopped messing with him for I don't, I don't know the exact reason. But. Yeah. Yeah. It, so the video I saw, you know, and this and it kind of goes to your point, right? Where so the so the videos Justin Bieber, you know, everyone's going crazy. You know, he's one of the biggest, you know, pop stars ever. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. especially being connected with the church, Christians are like, yo, we got Justin Bieber on our side. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's excitement around it. And I seen the video, they were in the interview. Justin, they were actually they were talking to Justin about the church, and you know, I mean, it's you know, his faith, and it's my faith is this and that, that, that. And then he and then he just keeps on hugging Carl. I just love Carl so much. I just want to love Carl so much. And it was kind of weird. And I was looking like what? Mm-hmm. And it was weird because what you said about you know about people going to see the man, right? Yeah. The man Carl, and that was personified by Justin Bieber, right? He, you know, and it's like he's sitting there. I'm talking, I want, and, and it's like, bro, don't you realize that Carl 
represent someone, you know, someone that's higher him, you know, higher than high, who has a higher authority, right? And to kind of see that attitude, and I know that I'm not saying that people can't love people, and I'm not saying people can't be excited about it, but the way he was like, it was he was looking at Carl like he was his god, bro, and it was kind of scary. And I was like, yo, he was, I just want to love Carl so much. I want to love, and it was just, I'm like, yo. And again, that's that seeker friendly stuff where, again, you are catering to people's emotions and and trying to make them feel good instead of showing them who who God is. You know what I'm saying? And, and showing and teaching them about the scriptures, man. Because I can be, you know, to be honest, man, like church shouldn't be a place where people are, are really comfortable, man. Like you, 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 you can't you can go into church and, and be loved and love and serve. But at some point, there's going to be some there should be some 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 things that God has brought up to your to your gate, bro, that you are wrestling with him. In, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, I can't be comfortable in, in certain area in certain ways in my life. And I feel like Hillsong, to be honest, man, they had a lot of luxuries. And I don't see where they had to wrestle with God for stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, no, no, no. like you know yeah, yeah. No, no, I feel dumb. That's exactly right. Because honestly, you, we should leave church on Sunday mornings feeling challenged. Oh yeah, like we should be feeling challenged. It's not saying that you need to come to, you know, come to church every Sunday and then you, you need to feel low as dirt. Mm, right, right. Like, no, it's not that. But we need to be challenged. Yeah. In our walk, we need to be challenged in our decision making. We need to be challenged in making sure we are aligning up with Christ, not from a legalistic factor where it's like, oh, you got to have everything across the. the, the Dot your T's cross, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not saying we're not saying it from a legalistic standpoint, but it's like, are we really being Christ-like? Mm -hmm. Are we really doing what he wants us to do? Are we really representing Jesus everywhere we go? Yeah. Or just when we're in church, or just when we're having these experiences. You know what I mean? And then the pastor, his goal is to shepherd. Yep. His goal is to guide the sheep. So if a mm -hmm. sheep is going away, like going down there and he's about to kill him, no, you come back this way, go this way, mm -hmm. this is what life is at. This is where life is at. This definitely okay. life is this way. So the whole goal is to shepherd and protect your people, your congregation, which is God's people, ultimately not yours, but God's people. And it's like when we're looking at the model, and, let's, and like I said, just look, looking at the pocket, like like looking at the, the it just it's blaring. When you look at toxic leadership, where discipleship, true discipleship, is not the root of it, right? This is where you start to get these out of control power people, and then. How church is set up these days, where one person calls all the shots, one person yeah. is really the main overseers. One, you know, they I think they even mentioned, I believe, I think they mentioned like how he chose his own like elders, if you will, or people like the so-called mm. aka yes men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where Brian Houston is choosing these exact people, mm -hmm. and you know, and I, and honestly, like I said, not to pass blame off on Carl because. You know he did what he did. There's no excuse because he's supposed to be a pastor. You put you know right from wrong. You know you know. But is if you look at it, Brian Houston kind of created the monster. Yeah, no, definitely. You know I, I definitely agree. Yeah, like he created the monster. It was like I remember Carl was even like, "Yo, like I don't know, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm doing seven Sunday down a lot." And he, yeah, was, was oh I did eleven. You know I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like even Carl was kind of. In over his head, and it was like he—he—it's like he kind of realized it, but it was too late for him to be like, "I can't do this anymore" and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like once you start to get real traction in the secret friendly models, your goal is just to continue to either expand oh, yeah. it, 
which now you're working people into the ground. You're having people serve around the clock and things like that. And then you're having a celebrity factor to it, which I'm not saying everyone who's a so-called celebrity pastor chose it on purpose. You know, it just happened over time. But they are the cause of it happening over time. Mm-hmm. How you're advertising, how you're, you know, running church, how everything seems to be centered around the pastor. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where now you're roped off and nobody can come across. And I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, 2,000 person church, obviously you're not going to know everybody and things like that. I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? But it's like the unapproachable type stuff. Or you can never, mm-hmm. like, you can, like, how you've never met anyone, like, or barely anyone really met you or knew you in the church. Like, to me, that's, a, that's an issue. Yep. That's a problem. Like, your lead pastor, you never met the man, and all you really see him is on TV or on the stage or something like that. Like that's an issue, and, we're, and what it's doing is it's setting up an idol. You're yeah, setting up, you're, we're setting up an idol, and then and really, the congregation. I'm, I, I don't fully even blame them because how the church is structured, where everything's centered, it seems around one purpose, one one person, one purpose, just to bring people in. Come come to my yeah. church. It's so great, you know. Come yeah. to my church. It's so awesome. Come mm-hmm. there. You know, we want you to come here. Mm-hmm. We want you to come wherever you are. You know, things, things like that, which on the surface, it seems like it's not an issue. Yes, obviously, anyone can, you know, come to church and see what's going on and stuff like that. But it's like, just come experience what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to experience the worship. I want you to experience God. You know what I'm saying? I don't even like, mm-hmm. I, even, I don't say hate, but I really don't like where people say worship experience. Like, yeah. <laughs> experience it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just experience. Everything is filled off of people's experience instead of what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's just to me another huge issue with the seeker friendly model because the goal is not really getting to know Christ. The goal is just to grow the church. And I'm not saying it's not a good model to help grow your church, but if there's no discipleship, you're just creating community service for Christ. You're just oh community. man! Oh yeah. That's what you. I mean, honestly, that's just what you're creating. Just community service be like, okay, you said the prayer. Now I'll go serve in a group. And all right, that's it. Yep. And then wonder why people are like walking away from faith and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was it was one girl on there. She had aspirations to become a pastor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I actually, one of the reasons why I like the documentary, right? She, you know, she she had aspirations to be a pastor, right? And uh, she went, so she goes to, to Carl Lentz's college. She does these different things. She's like, yo, I'm walking it down the same path as Carl Lentz did. I'm going to have, and, and the way she said it, man, there was no conviction of, man, I want to I want to accomplish the Lord's will. Mm-hmm. She wanted her will to be done. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I was, and I was looking like, you know what, Lord? You are you have exposed the selfishness in church, you know, what I'm especially in that church. You know, we all have selfishness, but like yeah. you you have you have uncovered an ambition that wants to elevate someone's persona instead of the person of Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it was interesting to see that she was like and then she, and all of a sudden she didn't get what she wanted. She felt like there was, you know, and I, I mean, rightly so. She had, I think she had some, uh, some issues with the church. Um, about them calling out, I think it was something. Uh, oh, about, <laughs> about the women being about modesty. And I, was, yeah. and I was sitting here like, hold on. And then you know the documentary was just like, dude. It was she was like, she was like, what? And then it just froze, and it went to this another scene, and it was like, and it was like, 
that's actually not a bad conversation. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> so, like, modesty, is, modesty is definitely preaching the Bible. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, especially, it's never, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, unless they was really wearing some wild stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, and I'm pretty sure they were. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes some people, because to me, like, I mean, I did a podcast episode on modesty, too, because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we use the don't cause the brother to stumble thing for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are dressed in their own lust. Mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's an even bigger issue is people have right. a huge issue with lust and they'll use the excuse of someone, oh, well, don't cause your brother to stumble. I'm like, well, how about don't be on social media then? How about that? Mm-hmm. No, it's true. How about, how about you create those barriers for you mm-hmm. so you're not lusted and creating people? You know what I mean? And I get mm-hmm. this. Like I said, I'm with them. Like, look. Obviously, you should you should look a certain way. Obviously, you should have certain things covered up and stuff like that. I right, get right. it. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's an even bigger issue with people with lust. Oh, like, yeah. if, if you can't even go to the beach, if you're mad because someone's at the beach and they're taking pictures at the beach, what they post it where, bro? It, it, yeah. Like, what they, like, you know what I'm saying? This is like, mm-hmm. like, like, I feel like you need, y'all need, you need to work on your lust issue. How about you stay up? Don't be on social media like that. How about that? Mm-hmm. Your Start doing those things. Like, people aren't doing that, but they yep. just want, women if you will just to, to do this stuff so they're not causing them to stumble and stuff like that yeah like like come on bro and that should and that like, should go across, across the board you know even for men because you know oh you yeah know, oh you know Carlton, yeah he was wild yeah with the whole mm-hmm. yeah he was yeah it's absolutely yeah. for men we had the nice little you know yeah. taco you know he had no taco meat but if he has to that just be showing so like yeah. you know yeah like, you know i'm not gonna have three buttons down on my button i'm sure that church i'm just not gonna have three buttons down like that mm-hmm. all right no, i'm not gonna do that you know what I'm saying? Just not gonna yeah. don't this is like, with like half my shirt on, but <laughs> outside of Miami, I don't know, maybe, but like at church or the pool pit, I wouldn't know, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely not. You know what I mean? So I so I get it because the goal is you do want to help because oh, people, yeah, yeah. And people do deal with that stuff, and I think that's an important issue, but I think sometimes we just use the oh don't let you don't help the brother stumble. Like, I think we use that line way too, like, it's oh, no, that's a so much. I'm just like, bro, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be so woman that's totally covered up, but she has curves, and no matter what she wears, she, it's going to show. Get mm-hmm. over it. Get over it. Yep. Get over it. Yep. Close your eyes. Look the other way. Do what you got to do. What you got to do. And so, now nah, you're absolutely right about that. And so, it, it but it, 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 you know, you cut, your arm off, cut your arm off. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, you're, you got your eye out. That's what Jesus said. So, yeah. And people don't go to the extreme legends to really bury themselves. They just want everybody to cater to what they're oh, yeah. about. And that's what issue would be. If something really convicted you, you need to deal with it. You ultimately. Yeah. Yes, don't don't yes, don't be causing other people, don't be doing stuff maliciously. Because when it's talking about bonds, he's talking about people dressing like this on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, or on purpose. You know, and, and granted, don't get me wrong, obviously don't might to get some attention. You know, that's oh, a real yeah. position for sure. But a lot of time, I don't think it really is a lot of time, but I don't mm. want to go that far down this modesty thing. But I was like, but I did uh, remember Shorty. Yeah. And I just, I just seen her whole, her whole agenda just kind of like, I'm just like, man, you not once did you even say, man, I wanted to honor the Lord. I wanted to see what the Lord will have for me here. And she was just like, I, I want to be like Carl Wentz basically. And of course, you know, uh, you know, again, it's, it's in a sense, not her fault. Cause she, that's what she thinks would, believers are but then again it, it kind of is because it's like yo you're gonna embark down a journey to go to you know to the to you know to bible college you have to at least know what you know some some basic knowledge of the of the word of god and who jesus is you know what i'm saying so it's kind of weird it's like 
you know, I, I thought that was very interesting, man. And, you, you know, you know and also, yeah. Not to cut you off, my man. Not to cut you off. You know what's oh, funny, yeah. too? Mm-hmm. Speaking of this college, that it wasn't even, it was a Hillsong college. And it was funny because she brought up, like, yeah, I didn't learn much here. Yeah. So I, I, was, like, you know, I was like, so she said, I didn't learn anything here, really. She said, I learned, you just learned how to do Hillsong church stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, like, you know, not to cut you off, I just want to add that yeah. part because it was interesting because you see it right there. They're not teaching anything. They're not teaching anything, yeah. They're teaching you Sunday service mm-hmm. and, and, and experiences and stuff like that. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, not they weren't teaching. And if, and if she could see that, she's like, I didn't learn much. Yep. Except church service things. Mm-hmm. So they're not teaching you anything. They're not discipling. How you yep. at a, how you at a, a school? You're not learning anything. You're not just being a disciple at all. You're mm-hmm. at a, Hillsong College, per se. Hillsong College. You can't be a disciple at all. I didn't even know they had a college until I saw that. I was like, wait, what? Like, I was like, oh, shoot. I, I might have heard it, but it was like, I'm like, she's like, I didn't really learn much. I'm like. Yeah, I was like, oh. Well, I was like, oh, yeah. right. oh clearly. Clearly. We got, like, we got thousands of years of church history. You ain't, you ain't learned nothing. I'm like, dang. Well, like, you know, all this doctrine, all, all the, you know, we got billions of, of books on, on doctrine and and you know, and and devotions like, and all. I'm like, you ain't doing two thousand like, years of church history, mm-hmm. and they and they probably talked about none of it. They they probably talked about market strategies because I think that was one of the things they were took. They were so you mentioned earlier Brian bringing in a team, right, and a team of executives of people who would who could ha, has an eye for marketing and for like strategies or whatever like that. And again, I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that, but it's like, are you looking for men who who can increase numbers are you looking for men who love jesus and i want to build a church you know what i'm saying and and so you know <laughs> i just i just think that like just the, just the, the conversations that they were having and i was listening i'm like lord where are you in these conversations i don't hear you and so that was the that was a scary part for me especially for a church yeah i mean because they weren't really taught christ they were taught experience yeah. They were taught feelings, you know what I'm saying? They were taught about how great their leader is. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And, and I think and the issue is, is about toxic leadership that's not really mm-hmm. rooted in Christ. Or the goal is not rooted in Christ. The goal is just bringing people into the church and mm-hmm. marketing and making money and having all these services and making everything look cool and hip and stuff like that. And then, you know, he's appearing and all. And I'm not saying you can't appear on, on shows and stuff like that. Don't You know, that's fine. But it's like what Im- the image is being set is like it's being centered around you know what I'm saying like it's just being centered around one person yeah like not Jesus whatsoever like in in the midst of of, of any of it you know what I mean and even like hearing the, the 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 people that went to the church like that's all that, that they were saying and the thing mm-hmm. is when you have at the top that's what the goal is that's what it trickles down that's when you got all these other leaders like Carl Lentz who that's who they learned because literally that was his apprentice Brian mm-hmm. apprentice was Carl Lentz so he learned everything from him. what he did yep. everything. And you learned exactly from him. Mm-hmm. So that's what you see. Everything was from him. And it was like, is the seeker friendly model like is it gotta stop at this point? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it has to be a balance. Like it has to be a balance. I don't mind doing things to help grow your church and be a seeker, but like I, like I said, if there's no balance, if there's no actual real discipleship, you're just teaching emotional community servants, community service people. Or something. Yeah. That's literally what it is. You're yeah. not learning anything. You're not growing anything. So people are not really having real relationships with Christ. 
you know, they're just there to have experience or to see like, oh, this person is glorified like that. I, I want to, you know, strive to be like that. Yeah. And, that. and then that's where all these people are getting hurt mm-hmm. because they're not being discipled properly. You know, oh, they're, yeah. they're seeing one view and one image. And, you know, that's what the popular thing is to everyone. Like when they see churches and stuff like this, they just see different examples of, you know, of these mega churches and stuff like that because mega churches aren't the issue because there are mega churches that are doing the right thing for sure oh yeah yeah nothing wrong with that but it's just like the more popular ones that we do see you just see leadership styles and you're seeing all this stuff right here and then you're just seeing one issue after the next after the yeah. next even with, you know with transformation with mike Todd, one issue after the next after the next, you know what i mean and yeah. even watching the foundations of how that church started it makes sense why they're at the point they're at now yes. because Certain institutions, they don't start that way. It progresses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it just shows me just watching this stuff. It's just like, it makes sense why they're there. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, I definitely agree, man. And, um, you know, there, there's a there's a sense that, again, building around the leadership, there's a lack of accountability, man. Yep. You know, and I think that that's that's key, especially when, you know, it's nothing wrong with God bringing you 3,000, 4,000 people to your congregation, right? There's nothing wrong with that. We've seen in Acts, you know, the church being multiplied 2,000, you know, 3,000 this day, you know what I'm saying? And so, so I don't see that, I don't see the issue with that part, right? But what I do see an issue with is the lack of accountability because, you know, someone saw something earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and, I, and of course, some of the people mentioned that, right? But it's like, yo, who, and that's again, goes back to, who is on your team? Are you picking people like you mentioned earlier? Yes, man. Are you picking people who's gonna who may not even necessarily know who God is, like you know, and, and on that level? But it goes back to leadership, man. Who who are the men that you can lock arms with and that can just say, bro, you are wilding right now? Who mm-hmm. saw who may saw a hint of something, right? And yep. and address that joint. You know what I'm saying? Jesus said a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? You know what I'm saying? So that little thing that they someone could have pointed out, hey, bro, I, you know, what I'm saying, like maybe, you know, or, you know, and you ask them about it or whatever. Hey, I wouldn't do that or like, you know, why, you know, why is this a thing? You know, what I'm saying, I think that some someone down the line could have said something. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I, it goes back to who you surrounding yourself with. You mentioned access to him. He had the ropes. You know, all the, you know, like that was Brian Smith who had the ropes. And yeah, like, Brian had the ropes. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, bro, who are you? Yeah, almost like a VIP section. Yeah, it's like, like, bro, who are you? It's it's like I'm above. I'm, it's like I, I'm I'm beyond reproach, right? The Bible says be above reproach, right? Yeah. Not beyond reproach. Beyond. You know what I'm saying? He's I'm be, I'm beyond it. I'm beyond reproach. There's no way you can. Yeah. You, know what I'm saying? you get what I'm saying? And so <laughs> people adopt this mindset, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's scary. Like you know, it it just and we have so many examples of that in the Bible, man. I think about Nebuchadnezzar. You know what I'm saying? Or who was the who was you know? And, and I and I've got this kingdom, and God was like, okay. You you think you running the show? How about how about this? And I love how my, my pastor he puts this. He says I'm gonna I'm, he says, I'm gonna give you seven years of taking your ability away for you to think like a rational human being. Mm-hmm. You're gonna eat grass. You're gonna eat grass <laughs> seven years, bro. You're gonna be dirty. You're gonna be and you're the king of basically you know, yo Babylon. You know back in the ancient world this was like wow. this yeah. was yeah yeah you know what I'm saying this was yeah. the, this was that city. And so, again, man, it's we see the people elevating themselves. And we know the Bible says that he who elevates himself will be humbled. 
but he humbles up. God will exalt him. Oh, well, yeah, the back. But yeah, exalt him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But but you get an idea. But again, man, it's about who they elevate. And it's like, are you like who are you, bro? You don't like people don't realize this, man. And I think if Carl I kind of had this some understanding that God does not need me. Yeah. He does not need me to accomplish his will. Anybody could stand here and do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have that mindset. You're, you know, the, the focus shifts from who you are to the person of Christ. And so the moment you get elevated, the moment you get status, the moment you get influence, mm-hmm. those things are, you know, that that's in your, you know, in your view. And you have to master those things. You know what I'm saying? Especially as a pastor, bro. Like, that's a that's a that's a huge responsibility, bro. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have thousands of people who trusted you. Again, I'm not faulting him for. You know, his sin, you know, because we all sin, right? We all fall short. But there's got to be some sort of bear, you know, barriers, especially in that position, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, you know, to make it hard to fall. But it's, it seems as though everyone opened the door for him to fall, man. And it was just like, dang, bro. Like, and I wonder, like, because yeah. honestly, just listen to a story. I wonder if he, like, to me, it always seemed like he knew he was in over his head. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know what I mean? It was just like, because you have some pastors who are like, they, like in that position. They could be more cockier or act like God didn't really need them. And it was like, with Carl, it was just like, I feel like he was just like, dang, I'm in this position. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. I like doing this stuff. But it was like, it was a machine that was way overpowered for him. Oh, yeah. No, you know definitely. what I'm saying? Like, he was the, you know, Ryan Houston chose him. He was the guy that he was put on the forefront sometimes. And I feel like sometimes it's even the camp people are a part of that puts these, you know, puts certain people in these positions that strip yeah. beat here. Now they're like, dang, okay, I got to be, you know, da-da-da. okay, maybe God is calling me, da 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 da. And, you know, from that standpoint, I feel sorry because there are people that grow up in toxic institutions who are not teaching the right thing, not right, teaching right. Right stuff like that. And, you know, you'll hear people like, oh, yeah, I feel like. Uh, you know, God told me that, you know, because the whole God told me line is abused. That's spiritual abuse. That line yeah. is spiritually abused more than yeah. anything I've heard in years. God told me and stuff like that. Because when God tells you, when you tell someone tells you that, then you're not going to question what they say. Because mm-hmm. if I said, I think you should do it, or I think this is this, you'll be like, oh, no. But if God told you, oh, then you must, you must got some, you know, da 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 with God. So when you grow up in those environments and you're like, dang, okay, maybe God is telling us. Maybe I do need to do this and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of what is God telling you personally? No, right. You personally forget what another person is saying. You know, since I guess them and God speak all day, every day, like how we talk. <laughs> I guess I guess they got it like that, huh? But it's like, you know, it just sucks because in, in a sense, I feel bad for certain leaders that are put in certain positions. Like even watching on YouTube, like the transformation documentary, like, you know, with Mike Todd, he didn't even want to. His mom was like, oh, yeah, God told me you need to be da 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 He didn't want to do yeah. it. You feel me? He didn't want to do it, but he's listening to people around him. You know, they're, and like you said, you're growing up in environments where that God told me line is abused. Mm-hmm. People are going to believe it. Like, you know, I think maybe, oh, because God said, okay, maybe that is true. So I'm going to go with it. You know, things like that. And granted, still, it's still accountability because regardless of the fact, you're still supposed to test any type of so-called prophecy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And throughout the Bible, you're supposed to test prophecy. not just listen to people and act like, you know what I'm saying? That, that's literally the word. You know what I'm saying? So they still got to take accountability for that. But it's like, you know, it sucks because, you know, people are not taught it, you know, taught to do that, things like that. They can easily fall subject 
to these things. And then what you're doing is it's just a perpetual cycle of now since you're in, on this level, you're teaching the same thing to everybody else. Now everybody else is, is, is going through it. And then once they realize they're getting hurt, things like that, then they leave. Then, yeah. oh, then oh, Christianity is da da da, it's fake, it's biased, this that. All they care about is this that. And the third, what is not Christianity is the people in the church who wasn't yep. really what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's the over repeated issue. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's just like the secret friendly model, yo. Like, just, I don't like it. It's just like, it doesn't like, you know, it just puts one person in the, in the front hold where, you know, biblically, it was always a plurality of leaders. Yeah. It was always a part, like, where all the, the elders, all the elders in the church, they all were like, had the same say almost. Like, yeah. I'm not saying. Probably didn't have one person that I probably put the last stamp on it, probably sure. But for the most part, everyone had the same input on everything that was going on in the church. So yeah. that way they're holding each other accountable. Not one person making all the decisions. It's everybody, things like that. And now in churches, how churches are set up now. Obviously, I'm in church, I'm a pastor now. And but yeah. not even just that, my own personal experience, but just it's everyone. It's all in the Western culture, where it's one person who's really the true overseer in the church. Mm -hmm. Now maybe you got the executive XP pastor or whoever, however you label it, whatever denomination you're in, they might have a little bit of say, whatever. But really, it's one person who has the overall final say. They truly are the true overseers of the church. Everybody else are just certain pastors that just treat a certain ministry, and that's it. They don't have they don't have the whole say in the whole overseer of the church, which that shouldn't be that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's true. And, you're seeing problems with that now because when one person has too much power and they're not really being checked and things like that, that's how these issues and things come about. That's why, as you said, accountability mm. is important. Accountability is in the Bible. Okay, accountability is all through scripture where you're holding being accountable so that way issues like that happen. It doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Where people are, are because sometimes when you're in the midst of something, you can have tunnel vision. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't see what's going on, but that's why it's important for other people to be on the outside looking at like yo like bro like, i ain't gonna lie like i don't think you should have said that or you know mm -hmm. like, you know and you're supposed to listen to what they're saying like these are follow fellow people in the church like our job is to hold each other accountable and like you know i think that's the issue too because it's always you know oh don't judge me don't judge me jesus says not to judge but jesus was talking about judging hypocritically he didn't say don't mm -hmm. judge me right right they don't judge hypocritical you bring it up matthew oh you got the plank in your eye don't look at your brother's eye that, yes mm. because you're hypocritical because you have the same plank in your eye mm -hmm. you can't talk about your brother who has the same exact plank when you ain't dealt with your plank mm -hmm. so you got it from a hypocritical matter yep you are supposed to judge false Galatians said to do it gentle be gentle mm. restore your brother in gentleness not saying you you know expose them or or like or embarrass them but Correction is needed because guess what? We all gonna need correction sometime in our lives. We don't always have it all together. We can have biases. We got different sins or desires that pop in there that we might blind us. That's why you got people on the outside or around you in your corner to hold you accountable, so that way you don't lead down to a path that could be destructive or be or be bad or anything like that. And accountability is what we need in the church. Like I said, and I get it. There's been in the history where church, like, you know, certain churches are toxic, you know what I'm saying? And they were very legalistic, you know what I'm saying? Not even from accountability, but they just super legalistic. Like, by the fact, you need the church and you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's been people that have experiences where they was like, oh, you wearing this? Oh, oh you know, sinners wear that. 
No, yeah, right, right. Like, what does that mean? Did even work? Like, what, you, what does that mean? Huh? Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, but it's just, I know it was just, it was just tough watching that, man. Yeah. You know, and kind of just to just kind of piggyback on on even the accountability part, right? I think about uh, I just thought about the story of um, of David when you know after he you know sleeps with Bathsheba and he has he has uh, Uriah the Hittite killed, right? And he's confronted mm-hmm. by and he's confronted by Nathan, who's right. a, who's a prophet who's doesn't have power over the king, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, actually, you know, and actually made some bold statements to the king in the sense that he's like, "Yo," he tells him a story, and in a sense, and essentially traps David <laughs> in, his own, in his own trap. You know, it was fun. I just like I love it was clever, right? And he was mm-hmm. like, "You're the man, bro. Like you are him." And so David, and again at the time, second, you know, second king of Israel, the highest, you that know, position in in the in that, that nation, right? And here you go, have a prophet who. And it just holds him accountable. Mm-hmm. And David says, I sinned. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I think that if Carl, if someone could have done that for Carl, man, this here, just seeing how he responded to the to the message, I believe Carl would have said, I sinned. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've sinned and and um, you know, and I need to make this right. Mm-hmm. So and I was so when I was sitting there too, man, I was, I was sitting in there and I was like, man, it's, e-, you know, of course we all know it's easy to like not point fingers, but it's easy to critique other, others and all that. And I was, and I was, challenging, I was challenging myself and I was like, you know, Lord, like it's, you know, um, I had moments of pride. I've seen it, you know, especially if I'm in a room and I'm making people laugh and it's just like, I'm feeding off the energy, you know what I'm saying? And I know that I can go far and I'm not saying I'm not sin- I'm, you know, I'm sinful, but it's like, I can see myself going far. Now that's just in that sphere of influence that I had. Sphere of influence mm-hmm. that I had. Yep. I can imagine having thousands and thousands of people flock to see me, right? Flocking. And so I was challenged because I was I was like, Lord, like if I if you know if you ever gave me influence like that in whatever capacity, you know, it was I was almost like it's almost like I don't want that, but if, if you were to bring it, right? Can you keep can you help me to keep you, you know, to keep you on the forefront of my mind. Right. And always to remember that you don't need me here. And, and I don't know, I don't know. Well, look, let me, <laughs> it, the, the pray, this is a prayer that I'm, I will be scared to pray, but I think it'll be necessary is that Lord, give me that phone and let it, and let it be there. Mm-hmm. Especially this kind of work. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, I wanted that, like, you know, you 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 know you had time to think about it and look at it. In what ways were you challenged as, especially as a pastor, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, God can do mildly things. He's going to do that through you already, and we know that. What are some of the things that you've been challenged on, and that you thought like, man, like, yo, I can see the mistakes, and I can see maybe something in my own life, and I can you know, and I want to, you know, I want to identify those things. So yeah, so so what are the things that I guess that God challenged you with? As you watch, as you watch this, uh, the documentary, bro. Man, I don't even know where to start. I mean, me naturally, I'm always even. I'm always hard on myself. Like mm-hmm. um, that's something I've always, de- you know, you know that. Like something I always deal with and struggle with. So it's like yeah. I'm always overthinking my next step, mm-hmm. as you will. And it's like, and the thing is that I agree with you like a lot because it's easy for people to come online. It's easy to people to do such a thing when you're not a pastor of flock, yep. when you're not looking these people in their faces, when they're not in your living room, mm-hmm. when they're not, and these people are looking, and pe- these people are looking to you at God, even though you're not telling them to, 
even though you're not, but these people are doing that, no matter how much you might even possibly do that. So it's a lot of pressure and things to deal with, right? And initially, I don't think Carl Lentz asked to be a mega pastor, be you know, asked to be friends mm-hmm. with the Beaver and be cool with Kevin Durant and all that. You know, it's not something he asked for, for the most part. Well, I feel like a lot of these people, it's just over time these things happen. And when you're on bad ground, then that's when things start to crumble once it builds up to this point. So like, even when I'm looking at myself, it's like I need to always remember, like, and this is why, like I said, since I do struggle with, like, you know, when I do have, like, depression or do struggle with self-worth, I feel like that's my thorn. Mm. If God did ever bring me to whatever, like, even half of the level of that, I will always know where my source of strength always comes from. And it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from how much I read. It doesn't come from where I've learned from. It doesn't come from none of that. It comes straight from him. That's it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I feel like that's what always helps me throughout the course of my life. And then just looking at Carl Lynch. And it sucks because I feel like, like I said, if you've been in bad leadership, anyone can be in that position, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes, a, it takes a lot for you to, like, to look at it. And, like, you know, I'm going to read my word. And, you know, it's easy for us to say that, that like, for now, when you have the information, you're seeing it, like, like, you know, it takes a lot for someone to be in those situations to be like, this don't line up with script. You know, I'm going to go get, you know, I'm, I'm you know, especially when, like I said, when people are using certain verbiage where it's like, oh, you know, but God's telling me that, da, 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 you know, and you get drawn in from that, you know what I mean? And it's hard for people to like, you know what? And since we're blowing up, it must be God, you know? It got to yeah, be God. Yeah. It's, a of, it's, again, a lot of push and things like that. You know, it has to be God. You know what I mean? That, and don't use that. Like, you know, see how God's growing this ministry? You know, we are doing something, we are doing something right. And, and that's what makes it even more believable for people because they're looking at the material things that's blowing up. Mm-hmm. It has to be God now because, you know, all this da 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 And it could be. But just because things are blowing up doesn't mean it actually is God. True. There's a lot of bad movements that had a lot of popularity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Slavery. Well, that was pretty popular to the point where it was, it was legal. Mm-hmm. It was profitable. You know what I'm saying? Was that was that God ordained? When all those yeah. slave owners were like, yeah, we're doing God's work. These people, doing, these black people, they're the curse of hell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because something glitters doesn't mean it's gold. Amen. You know what I mean? And it was just like, when I'm watching that, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just thinking God because anyone can easily be in that situation. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We can, yeah. Here, we can sit here and judge and stuff like that and call out things. Sometimes those things are necessary. But it's like, you know, thank God no one's following me around 24-7. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, thank God no one's, you know, doing me 24-7. And I just I need to be reminded how much more I need to lean on to Jesus. How much more I need to put Focus on him, like give him more praise and glory for everything that I do, everything that I accomplish, no matter what level at, or even if I stay just how I am, God is good. You know, God is always good. And, you know, just watching that, it just helps me to learn, like, or, or really it helps me confirm more of what the Bible teaches and, like, know how important good leadership is, know how important discipleship is, know how important it is to have accountability and things like that. Because that's how you birth those song situations. Yep. You know what I mean? Or Morris, the Morris Hill situation and things like that because of bad leadership and things like mm-hmm. that. So I think it just helped me recognize that more. So that way, in future situations, I can help them recognize it more and try to avoid those things and stuff like that. You know, just watching it as a pastor. Because honestly, watching it as a, as a pastor is hard. It is hard to watch that, you know, because it's not easy. 
to be a pastor whatsoever. Like it's really a hard job. If people already got their pre notions about you mm-hmm. and all these other different things, and then you have a, a fishbowl effect where everyone's looking at everything you're doing mm-hmm. like that, and always got a ticky tag, and always got to say something, things like that. It's not easy, and people, and you're, you know, even though you're not a pastor, 20, people can think you're a pastor twenty four seven. You're actually not. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You're actually not. You're a pastor to a certain congregation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you run around saying, "Hey, pastor," I'm like, technically, I'm not your pastor. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not your pastor at all. You know, people think that's what you are, and that's how it keeps getting elevated. The title mm-hmm. elevated. instead of "I'm a Christian outside of these four walls," that's mm-hmm. I'm a believer in Jesus. My role in the kingdom is a pastor, mm-hmm. that's not what I am. Because outside mm-hmm. of the four walls at the grocery store, I'm just a believer in Christ. I'm a mm-hmm. Christ follower. That's what I am. I'm not a pastor out there because you don't go to my church you're not part of the congregation that's what your pastor mm-hmm. someone in your congregation hey pastor yes i'm your pastor absolutely everybody else no and i think that's what people got pre-notions about being a pastor because they're thinking you're a pastor everywhere you go like you don't oh, yeah. i remember we, you know you know and even pastors we say the joke like you know we never clock out and stuff like that just because people in our congregation can call mm-hmm. throw your phone up and all this and that so to a certain degree yeah that makes sense, right? But ultimately, you're a believer first. You're a Christian first. You know, good and faithful servant. You know, not good and faithful pastor or or street evangelist or you know or, or any of the other these other things. And it's just like I feel like people elevate because elevate the pastor role. Really, it's a, the biggest you know reflection of what a pastor is is a is a, is a shepherd. Mm-hmm. What is more like, what is glorifying about that? Mm-hmm. People in the first century. And, 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 and earlier than that, we look at it what a shepherd would be like, uh Right. The heck is that? Your shepherd, like mm-hmm. you know like no one's looking at no shepherd. That's what we reflect. Mm-hmm. Not stars, not glam, not getting all the attention, none of that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying even all the aspects. I don't think all these people, even the, the people I definitely disagree with, as far as I didn't think they didn't ask to be put here. Like they got oh, yeah. oh, yeah. caught up with some bad doctrine and now they're you know they're here and stuff like that. But you know, like I said, watching that is just hard because it's like pastors burn out, pastors go do all these other different things, and sometimes it's just like you always talk about. You always hear people talk about how the how corrupt certain pastors are, and then like the really majority isn't really like that. And oh yeah. So. Yeah, man. I had I had one last verse I wanted to read. It was probably the only verse I read today, but <laughs> but um, we mentioned. Bible passage. Yeah, 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 yeah. We it came up in conversation, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah. But I, I want to uh, yeah read this because I thought that um that this was uh, key, especially you know in the light of the last part we you know we were talking about of of how how are we moving forward and you know in in leadership roles and, and things yep. like that in church. And then I, I'm you know this is uh, John 15 um, verse five. Yeah, this is Jesus speaking um, to his disciples, and he says, "I am the vine, and you are the branches." He says. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it. I'm sorry. He is that bears much fruit. This is ESV. Uh, This is for apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, you know, moving forward, and even for me, man, this just is challenging because uh, it's just challenges me to just to to know that branches don't produce anything. You know what I'm saying? They they just they just carry it. Mm -hmm. And. And, and and branches are you know in in a tree that a tree that that's that's rooted in the ground is going to be alive you know what I'm saying that that's healthy it's going to be rooted and so for me it's like man 
if I'm rooted in Christ, the fruit will come. You know what I'm saying? And I know that. And and when the fruit does come, it's not for me to look around and say, man, look what I've done. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, look at look at my accomplishments or but it's to say, man, I am, you know, I'm just a, like you mentioned earlier, like Luke was a Luke says, I'm just a faithful servant. Right. And knowing that it is God who is the source of these things and mm-hmm. I can do nothing. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. But he desires to use me in this in this position. So having that mindset, man, I think that can can save us from a lot of trouble and uh, and get us that well done, good and faithful servant in the end, man. So yeah. So, so real quickly before we wrap up, we'll both respond to this. I'm gonna start with you first. Okay. Um, so I think the important thing is to make sure we always have, or we at least talk application. Mm-hmm. Our stuff we talk. You know what I mean? Because I think always. When we have a message or you were talking about some whatever conversation, it always should be some application, something we need to take back and learn and try to do more. So what do you think? Honestly, I'm, I'm going to do it even like, let's say for the global church in the whole. Okay. What should we do to help us not be in these situations? Because I'm not going to just say Hillsong. Cause there's a lot of other, there's even churches not even popular just dealing with the same mess. And no oh, one yeah. Can, you know what I'm saying? So, what can we do to help avoid these, like this particular, like this situation? I would say just for the global church, um, have an idea to build around the, the community needs instead of building the church around a person. Mm, yeah. I, think that, I think if you find a community, if, you know, there's so many needs, man, there's so many, you know, there, there's so many, you know, the, you know, <laughs> Jesus said that, you know, the harvest is, is plenty, but the labor is a few. And we have so many different ways to serve a community man and i think that if if you were to you know to to ask god and to pray and to and you know and ask god for a heart for people right and you know whether you see a a muslim population or you see a homeless population or whatever in every city right you know what i'm saying build your church around the needs of the people instead of building the people around the person, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, one, spe- one specific figure, you know what I'm saying? I think that if you can do that, I think that the church can, I think that's a long, that's a long lasting church. And I think that that will take, that will allow people to know, like we're here, for, we, we're, we were here because of this purpose, right? And and, mm-hmm. and and we've not been, you know, in a sense, we didn't, we've, we've not been invaded by some popular person, you know what I'm saying? Who, who right. planted themselves, who planted themselves in a city that they don't know nothing about. But we're in this city. We know what's going on, and we're gonna we're gonna create a community that's you know uh, create uh, uh, or plant a church here around the needs of people and bringing people who are able to meet those you know meet those needs and who are mature, who love the Lord, and who have a passion and a heart for those for that community. So that's what I would say. Just for the for the church, like you know abroad. So that's what I would say. Good. Okay. Uh, I say for me. I think what we really need to do is go back, really go back to the basics. Like, mm-hmm. really go back to the basics. I'm, I'm going to go straight back. Let's go way back. Let's remember. Go straight back to the, let's start with the Great Commission. Let's mm-hmm. start with the purpose of go out and make disciples. Yeah. Right. Why do we have to go out and make disciples? What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Right. The whole point of going out and make disciples has nothing to do with us. It's just right. spread the people around and build disciples. So, guess what? Those people that we disciple go out and do the same exact things. Mm-hmm. So we're never the end all be all, never, mm-hmm. never. Like you, like you've been saying, God don't need you. He don't need you. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you turn day, I go, oh, God needs you to go out. No, he don't. 
Now we use anybody like he can use he he can even use the NBA to yeah. get his business across. He don't he don't need us. Does I mean, it, 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 and that's not to be said that he don't love us or care about us. He don't want to use us. But the thing is, it's not about you. It's not about you. you know that that's the mentality we have to start with is the fact when we're going out and making disciples of all nations. We are discipling others so that way they can go out and do the same thing that was done for you. Keep the thing going. That's about in every in other neighborhoods. Like you don't have to go to another neighborhood and you set up a shop there and you do that. How about you go there, disciple people who live there, let them run that. We want to go to the next. Do what that's what they do. Do that. Right. Start with that. And then also, like, it's really important that people learn when they're saying learn the doctrine. Learn. You know, people without knowledge perish. Amen. That's you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People without knowledge, they, they perish. You know what I mean? Study the short stuff to prove because at the end of the day, it's cool. And I'm not saying you can't be saved, you know, by just first coming and first hearing the basic gospel and things like that. But it's like, if you don't have them learn the doctrines, have them learn their evidence for Jesus' resurrection and things like that, after a while, it's just an experience that they had. Mm. Like them giving their life to Jesus was just the experience that they had that moment at that time, and they felt like it was at the right time. But they don't know anything. Sure. They don't know nothing else because guess what? After a while, if you're not growing them, if they're not learning the actual doctrine of Jesus, why we believe what we believe, what evidence that we have that we believe why we believe in church history and things like that, guess what? Since their first experience with Jesus, the reason why they got saved, they'll bump to the next thing. Yep. And you see it happen time and time again. So we really have to teach people like. Not just bring them in there, have them, you know, say a prayer, per se, check off, you know, a box, and then just plug into a group. We have to actually teach them, doc, actually disciple. That's that's what they did. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to teach them, so that way they learn. No, that way they can learn. Oh, this is why they believe in this doctrine of the Trinity. Oh, this is why Jesus is divine. Mm-hmm. Why he's the son. This is why he is actually God. You know, this is why I need these things because guess what? Eventually, they're gonna come across people. Who's going to challenge them on those things? Mm-hmm. And even basically. And then, you, then they're going to be like, well, actually, I don't know why this is true. Actually, this doesn't make no sense. And then guess what? They'll have another experience with something that they think it might make sense. And then they'll eventually walk away. So we have to teach these people because time and time again, the Bible teaches us about false prophets all over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we talk about false prophets. Oh, no, we need to know. There's a reason why it's talked about all the time. Right. Jesus, Paul, Peter. In the Old Testament, Moses, oh, they all talked about it because it's, it's an actual issue. It's going to come it, and believers in the faith are going to come across it. And if we never address how to defend themselves, mm. people are going to sway. That's true. People are going to sway. And we're doing a more disservice by not teaching how to defend the faith, not teaching what the opposition is going to say. We're doing, we're doing, our, we're doing our brothers and sisters a disservice at the end of the day. Yes, we can serve, but if they can defend, then what? It's true. You know what I mean? So I feel like for me, it needs to just, you know, go back to making disciples, uprooting people so they can go out and do even more. You know what I'm saying? You can be seeking people to doctrine. You know, and make sure you, and lastly, you know, just, um, we need to be have more accountability. We need more leaders around us. That's really important because if you don't have that checks and balance, we're not getting checked. You're gonna, you're gonna go off on the wayside, and you know accountability is important. You, know, you saw even in Galatians where Paul held Peter accountable. When he oh was yeah. 
Hodge. When, you know, as soon as the, he was taking out the Gentiles, then as soon as the Jews pop up, you know, paraphrasing, obviously, but then he tried to act like, oh, no, and they're like, nah. And then Paul called him out, like, um, excuse me. You know what I mean? And, and not to mention, you know, Peter was, you know, this is the Peter, you know, the Peter. Mm-hmm. One day where Jesus said, you're going to be the, this rock, I'm going to build my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that Paul, once he actually converted, he went to Peter. Yep. They learned some things, had conversations with him and things like that. He went to Peter. Mm-hmm. Paul went to Peter. You know what I'm saying? And, he, and Paul, just being new and famous, stuff like that, he checked him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what we need. That's what grows us. That's what helps us sustain. And if we're not holding each other accountable, we're not teaching each other stuff, then what, what are we doing? We're just going to be just doing whatever. And I think that's how, I guess, as best as we can try to avoid these type of situations. But, you know, we just got to pray for all the churches, for everybody in these situations, yeah. for everyone that's been broken hearted, for everyone that dealt with toxic leadership and stuff like that. And just pray for our current leadership all over and even our future leadership in the future. Oh, yeah. And pray for actually, all before we end, yeah, I wanted to actually say a prayer for them, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. We should pray for that, you know, for that congregation, man. And um, I'm just saying right now, it's good to be brief. Father God, uh, I do thank you, Lord, for this day. Um, I got, Lord, you know, as we as we looked at the documentary, Lord, we see, we saw the devastation. We saw, you know, the confusion in the hearts of people. Lord, we saw um, people fall, Lord. And, you know, and again, you know, like, like I have said, you warn people over and over against false prophecies, against against false prophets, of, you know, and things that uh, that the enemy is trying to buffet against us. That, that So that way your people um can fail, Lord, and and so God, we just we just pray right now that we will be a church, God, that is seeking after You, a church that is knowledgeable, Lord, and a church that is rooted in who You are, Lord. Just like how we read in uh, John chapter fifteen, that um, that we abide in Christ. So, Father, I pray for Hillsong. I pray for that community, Lord. I just ask God that You will uh, cause people to, you know, not allow this situation to for uh to people to actually run away from you but uh, but allow this time to draw people towards you and for them to know the real risen lord jesus and um i pray for carl i pray for brian houston i pray for everyone that's involved i just ask god that they will truly repent repent i pray that their repentance will be will be true not for our eyes but this for but for their own sakes god um and i pray that uh as they work through that god that you will build them up and that you will uh, help them, God, and help the people around them to be healed through this ordeal, God. So again, we commit this whole situation back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Brother Thomas. So, no problem. This is another episode for y'all. I hope you enjoyed it. Listen to all of it. Have a great week, day, night, whenever you listen to this. Peace. Peace.